So, first of all, Yasser Eman, you used to be known as the voice of SPLM in the South during the last war. And now you're the voice of uh, this forgotten war here at Ingenstads in Norway. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you for having me here. The name of this place, Ingenstads, means nowhere in Norwegian. And we found that uh, appropriate for a screening and discussion about the conflicts in Blue Nile State and in the Nuba Mountains. A conflict that is called the most forgotten war among all forgotten wars. And I would like to start with this is all about the people. This is a great movie about the resilience, but also about the suffering of the people in both uh, Blue Nile and uh, in the Nuba Mountains. But the movie is from 2014. So since then, the war has continued and international humanitarian aid is still being denied access. So my first question is, could you describe how life is for the people we just saw now? Has anything changed? Anything changed for the better? Well, uh, thank you very much for having me here. And I would like uh, to extend on behalf of everybody you have seen in this film and beyond. And uh, on behalf of the Sudanese people, I would like to give you a big thank. Everybody who is here uh, tonight, and I really I would have preferred to talk uh, before the film to be in a joyful mood, but nevertheless, after the film, I have mixed feeling in talking to you tonight. I have mixed feeling. I'm impressed and happy. That is one feeling. Why I'm impressed and happy? Because I'm impressed with your presence. With a lot of you here in this hall. And I'm impressed also many of you are very young. And also there is a continuation of generations. I'm impressed and happy because Norway, in our mind, before I came to Norway and before I, I visit Norway, Norway came to us there. And this country has a tradition of solidarity. And there are many great Norwegians who have been in our country uh, for many, many, many years. Dedicated men and women and they spent a long time in Sudan, South Sudan, and in the two areas, and in other areas of Sudan, including Darfur. And uh, therefore, uh, today I'm happy this tradition has not died, and it is going to be continued in this country, and that we will see uh, beautiful Norwegian, that they will continue uh, the tradition of solidarity. Uh, with humanity, with every uh, body who have tragedy, crisis all over the world, whether it is Africa, Latin America, and uh, Asia, especially the poor people of the third world. So I really thank you, and we are grateful, and I'm impressed, 
and I'm assured, and I will go back, uh, give this assurance and the hope to others that there are uh, real human beings in Norway and in other places that they are still having humanity in their mind and their, in their heart, uh, which is very important message you are giving me uh, tonight before I answer uh, any question. And uh, again, I'm also I'm sad because of what you have seen when I joined the SPLM actually 30 years ago. And when I was about to join the SPLM, I was talking especially with my mom. I was 24 years old. I graduated from the university. I was supposed to be a lawyer. But I decided to respond positively to the call of late uh, Dr. John Greg, uh, who himself, he was not trained or educated uh, to be a soldier. He actually has his PhD in agriculture, economics. But he, he decided to lead those very poor people, to lead them for freedom and for them uh, to answer fundamental questions in their life. So my mom was warning me not to go there because also there is a lot of complexity. I come from an area which is a bit far from uh, South Sudan and the SPLM started in South Sudan and I'm also a Muslim and my mom was uh, very frightened that how do I go to South Sudan, there is Christian, they may not like people from the center where I come from. But when I hear the vision of Dr. Gerang calling uh, that for all Sudanese to come together, uh, no matter they are African, Arab, Muslim, Christian, that they should become uh, Sudanese in the first place. I decided to go and I'm here and I now I'm 55 years old. I got married. My wife is Christian. My daughter, they speak beautiful language from South Sudan. And uh, I made new history. I made new link with new people, uh, as you all you can do. So by saying this, uh, though the film, this film is very sad because I know many of those who has been interviewed, and I met them, and those are very beautiful people of Sudan, and those guys, you have seen them very marginalized. They came from a long history. They are part of the Nile Valley civilization, which is a black civilization. They are the first to build the first nation, state in, in, in air cities in this uh, place, uh, the Nubian and the beautiful people of uh, Blue Nile, and actually Christianity reached those people, Christianity reached them uh, before part, many parts of Europe. And, and Sudan was a Christian for 1,000 years. But those people now are marginalized. Uh, you have seen them. Uh, General Bashir is doing what uh, he's doing. The situation actually is more, is worse than any time before uh, because uh, for six years, General Bashir denied access for humanitarian. And those guys, they cannot get humanitarian, only there is an intervention from brave human worker, humanitarian worker, from many parts of the world. 
that they are the one who are uh, uh, sending them uh, some food, some medicine, very meager, and Bashir is bombarding their, their crops, killing them, killing their livestock, and uh, uh, the, the Sudan Air Force, now it is, I think the only Air Force in Africa that is being used against the civilian populations. And denying access, humanitarian access is a war crime in the international humanitarian law. And General Bashir is being indicted, he has been indicted by the, by the International Criminal Court and yet he has been left to kill more Sudanese. And nobody is, he's, he's actually going to China, going to many places in the world, and nobody uh, is doing uh, anything, it's just a propaganda that we have invited him. But they left him to do more havoc uh, on the Sudanese people. He is ruling Sudan for the last 27 years. I don't, how, I don't know how many able Norwegian who govern this country during the last 27 years, it is only one person. So the situation is bad, and then it, it become waste as a result of many issues. Because those guys you have seen in the film, they were fighting with General Bashir. Uh, some of them, they are refugees, like in Blue Nile, uh, there is a refugees camp in South Sudan. Now they have been sandwiched in, in the war, because there is war in front of them, inside Sudan, there is war behind them, in South Sudan. South Sudanese are fighting each other. So the situation become uh, very bad, and uh, we have been negotiating. I led the SBLM delegation for 15 uh, rounds of talks, and uh, General Bashir is buying time. He has master degree in buying time, and, and nothing uh, is going on. So the situation uh, is worse, uh, and, 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 and nothing is going there. And we would like you to raise your voice so that uh, there is a civilian protection and there is access uh, for humanitarian in those two areas. Thank you. Thank you. Also, just so we can know what to talk about, this was a very close-up picture. We saw very how the lives of people. But this is also a war which has big numbers. Like We're not talking about a small war. This is talking quite a lot of people who've been displaced and also who have been killed. Can you just, just give us a little bit of the scope of things? How many people are we actually talking about who are directly affected by these different wars in the Sudan? Well, we are talking about six to eight million uh, displaced persons inside and outside Sudan, from Darfur to Nuba Mountain to Brunei. This is the statistic of the United Nations, uh, six to eight million. And we are talking also about more than 300,000 uh, refugees from the two areas in South uh, uh, Sudan. And uh, we are also talking about one, uh, around one million uh, IDPs inside uh, uh, the two areas uh, where the SPLM is a, is a classical gorilla. We have a land that we liberated is bigger than Belgium. And those guys, they are staying with us and they are refusing. Actually, one of the one of the main scenes in the film, two scenes, you could observe that the civilian populations, not only friendly, they are mixed with the SPLA because we are not professional soldiers. All of us were not trained for war. We are just defending the civilian population. 
The other thing, despite the war, that there is education, health, things which we, we, we are determined to do in, uh, in this situation. Thank you. Thank you. And also, well, you're the secretary of SPLM North. And I think just because many people here might have heard about the SPLM, but they think automatically about South Sudan. Or they uh, think of the conflict in Sudan and they might remember Darfur. So could you just give us a short brief of, like we saw a little bit of this, the cultural aspect of it, the part where the marginalization of part of the population, but a little bit of the background of this round of the war and how it relates to both what happened in South Sudan and also the links up to what's happening in Darfur. Well, actually, Norway is a very interesting place to talk about the two areas. Because actually, uh, the two areas, sons and daughter, we fought. We are from the north, we are not from South Sudan. We came uh, to the SVLM as a result of the vision of Victor Gering that we should create a new democratic, secular, united Sudan. And uh, when we came there, as a result of many developments, Southern Sudanese, they were asking for self-determinations. And we supported these democratic rights. Uh, South Sudan uh, ended in having, together with us, the Comprehensive Peace Agreement. Norway was one of the grantors of this peace agreement. Uh, many Norwegians, Hilda Johnson and others, they were there. We in the two areas and the SPLM, which is all over Sudan, the SPLM, we were having reservations. We told the Norwegian, the American, that this agreement is not good for us because South Sudan will leave us and will go back to war and you will not guarantee our right. And the Norwegian government, the American, all of them, they ask us to sign this agreement and they are going to help us. And actually we ended going back to war because General Bashir, as those guys, they were saying that General Bashir, after the secession of the South, said that Sudan now is an Arab Islamic country. I don't need anybody to talk about diversity or culture or uh, other religions than Islam or other cultures than Arabism. And that's how we started the war in the two areas. And we feel that Norway is one of the countries that they have responsibility and uh, moral responsibility to stand by us, and that uh, the Norwegian uh, peoples, they have been all through uh, supporting peoples of South Sudan and Sudan, and would like this uh, to continue. Uh, the war is not only in Nuba Mountain or uh, Blue Nile, it is also in Darfur. In Darfur, there is a genocide, and uh, actually, uh, in the last week, uh, two massacres occurred in Darfur, in Nertati, in Barra Mountain, and in uh, Jinena. And uh, the war is big, and it's not only about uh, the war. Uh, actually, Bashir is killing Sudanese in the war zone by directly killing them, and he killing the other Sudanese by mismanaging the economy, the future of Sudan. And But there is a student movement, and there are students here in Sudan, a very brave student movement, which is being, on a daily basis, uh, sacrifices, and there are many students, democratic students in Sudan, they have been killed. And there is also a, a democratic uh, a national movement of professional medical doctors, lawyers, and they have been on a strike, civil disobedience. 
and 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 there is a lot of use in social media and i i would urge uh, those who are here to support the cause of Sudanese people to go to democracy and uh, to go for uh, a, a country of equal uh, citizenship uh, lastly i would say that sudan before the independence of south sudan is a country of diversity there are more than 570 different tribes in Sudan, 570. There are more than 130 languages, one, one, 130 languages in Sudan. And the history goes to 7,000 years back as part of history of the Nile Valley civilization. And we want to keep this diversity and to celebrate this diversity. But the political Islam agenda of General Bashir is denying this. They are refusing this, and they have been continuously fighting for the last 27 years. Thank you. I have one more question before I will also open for other ones. And this is the tricky one, because uh, the ideology of the SPLM North was shared by the rest of the SPLM, by what's happening in the South. And for many people, so for many years, supported the SPLM, supported also different uh, African liberation movements, the disappointment of what is now happening in South Sudan makes them reluctant to get involved with another liberation movement, to get to invest once again in another struggle like that, where people talk the good words, but when they get power, then suddenly the fighting starts again. So, in your argument, could you explain why these people here should still support? Why is this different? Why? What will you do to make sure that this doesn't repeat? We saw a little bit that there was a discussion in the movie. But I'm guessing this is a discussion that's even more so for those that have been a part of both that struggle and in the SPLM North as it is. Well, this is a good question, actually. Actually, I will see that uh, people support. I myself also, I support other causes in the world. Uh, and, and I see that when you support any cause, it's not only about that you have to get uh, the result that, like the exam in the, in, the, in the school or university, that you need to have the, uh, the result in your mind. You support causes because you are human being, because uh, the life of human being in this earth is very short. So as a human being, you, if you don't have a good cause, uh, life without a good cause is a curse. Uh, and, and in anyhow, life is going to pass, so that you have to choose uh, causes, correct causes to support. Not only because that uh, the result, uh, are, you are result-oriented, you are human being-oriented in the first place. This is one uh, point I would like to make. The other uh, point, it is true, the national liberations, uh, and including the SPLM, they did a big fail, fail, failure. The SBLM raised uh, raise big uh, issues and uh, it failed, and it failed even to keep its unity in South Sudan. Uh, and uh, the, there is many factions. That has a long history because the SBLM actually, there are two SPLM. There is a National Liberation SPLM that was led by Dr. Garang with the vision of the New Sudan. And there is also the South Sudan Nationalists, which they have their old project, which is older than the SPLM itself. And, and we can discuss that for, for a long time. But what I want to say, the Norwegian who helped South Sudan, and Sudan, it is not only about politics. 
is about other things. And I want to remind you again that you did a beautiful work and a great work, uh, organization, MBA, churches, other organizations, they save millions of lives. And there are guys who are here uh, today who contributed to save millions of lives in South Sudan and also now in the two areas. So it is not about politics only, it is also about addressing the need of those very ordinary uh, citizens during the time of war. Uh, I believe that the SPLM uh, is determined to borrow from our uh, old lessons to rebrand our organization. There is no time for us to go into that, uh, but we, are, we will stick to the vision of the new Sudan. The last point I would like to make, it is not about Africa or the SPLM or the National Liberation Movement. Actually, there are a lot of crazy things going all over the world. Even in the United States, the nation building of the United States also is questionable uh, because there are, there, are, there are issues. This is the most advanced uh, society. There are issues of the black Latinos are still there of, of, of different how diversity could be managed in Europe here, in UK, in other European countries, in, in Belgium. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of issues of nation building, whether people to stick together, not to stick together, uh, to work together, not to work together, uh, the diversity, how it can be managed. Managed, it is all over the world, in South Africa, in other places. Uh, we, we are, as a human being, we have to try and we have to continue our search for social justice, for democracy, for equal citizenship. That what human being will continue to do. Sudanese are not different. We will continue, and we have a new generation that will learn better than what we did. Thank you. Thank you. Can I open the floor for questions? Are there anybody who would like? I would start by questions first, and uh, I know there are some people that also might like to comment. But if I can start, is there anybody here that has any questions or would like to say something? Hi. Uh, I got one question. Do you think it's uh, realistic to resolve some of uh, the bigger main issues in the near future without outside help, outside help, without opening to yeah for some of the organisations to get in? Well, ladies and gentlemen, good evening. My name is Sharif Arif. Um, from the foreign Western Sudan, and I'm also in the world. So both both sides, I I, I play for both teams. Uh, in fact, I have never understood the word immortal before. I've seen the antelope hovering over those people, and then it's bombing, you know, dropping 17, 24, 12, and so forth. But still, people are singing and dancing. They buried their death. They continue dancing. Now, this is because they have hope in the future, despite the failure of death. They have, over many years, have been resisting the regime of Khartoum, which is genocidal, whose president is indicted in the, by the International Criminal Court in the Hague, and there is a red warrant on him through the Interpol. He should be arrested. The court doesn't have uh, police. So the big powers, our big muscles, should arrest him. But they are leaving him, enjoying his time, to continue killing Sudanese uh, 
in Darfur, in the Mughal Mountains, in the Brunei, and many other places in Sudan because of mismanagement of the economy, corruption, and nepotistic uh, approach to life. Now, those people you have seen singing and dancing after bombing and after people are killed, they have endured all these hardships, they have worn down Bashir, the one who is ruling Sudan, and he's going bankrupt. He's going bankrupt, which means either he has to diverse, divert resources from vital things to finance the bullets, the fuel, the training of the pilots who are killing these civilians. He's getting bankrupt. But then a savior came from Europe. And, uh, and I now talk in my two capacities as a Sudanese, therefore I'm a European also, because I'm European. Now Europe is scared by the waves of migration that is coming through the Mediterranean Sea. Have come to use Bashir as a gatekeeper for Europe. Financial resources. And unfortunately, Norway is also involved in that. And as my colleague said, well, Norway has a very special responsibility for Sudan. They have done great work over the years in this long Sudanese conflict. They contributed to the solution, the first resolution of the Sudanese conflict in Addis Ababa in 1972. And since then, they have been supporting you know, in solidarity with our people. Now, what is changed? That Norway comes and allocates funds for a genocide here in Africa called Bashir, who is who's actually the war in, 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 in Sudan is not a war in the conventional sense. It is a government fighting against its own civilians, bombing them. I have been bombed many times. My colleague and I. We have encountered the Antonov, Antonov, this uh, bomber. It hovers over your head for four hours and, and it bombs since 96 and probably here since a long time ago in the south. Now, the point I'm trying to make is that as Norwegian citizens, it's our democratic rights to question what is our government up to, what is allocated funds. To, to Bashir in Sudan to use this as a gatekeeper to Europe to stop to stop to stop migration. Now Bashir's Bashir's vehicle for stopping uh, migration through Africa to the Mediterranean is the so-called infamous Genjoid militias. Now, Genjoid militias are like, if you heard about money laundering, one criminals, you know, wash uh, their money from the banking system. Bashir has been, over the years, also washing this Genjoid. It's calling them sometimes border intelligence guard, sometimes rapid support forces, and for the first time in 
since the time the Genuine has been there. This year they are allocating them a, a budget which runs to three, three trillion to the new spouse. They, 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 they are now, they have, they have lodged a law to legitimize Genuine in the Sudanese parliament. Now, before there was no, no budget, but suddenly because Europe is coming and Norway is coming, there, is a, there is a budget, there is a budget for the Genuine. It's our democratic right, and it is your democratic right to really question our, our government and find out what is this agreement about. Who is against this idea? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was a lucky transfer for Norway that made it possible for you to play for both teams. <laughs> but uh, just so, if people don't know this, so what he was referring to is agreement that's been done with the, some of the EU countries and countries like Sudan to uh, stop the immigration to Norway. So they're using countries like Sudan, Eritrea as gatekeepers to make sure the immigrants doesn't come here so that we don't have to face them. And I can just mention that last year, when we look at the official numbers, there was only talking about maybe three or four refugees coming from South Sudan to Norway. It's a very low number. But uh, all the people that are traveling through Africa now, they have to go through Umabashi. So, sorry about that, just a little clarification. But uh, maybe you'd like to respond both yeah. on the comments and yeah. the question. Actually, uh, for the first question, Indeed, there are things which we can do, and the Norwegian can do, and the international community can do. One of them is to stop the war. There is, there is two processes. There is a process how to stop the war, like stopping the bleeding, and there is a process of how to end the war. To end the war means that you want to address the root causes of the problem. What we need now, we need humanitarian interventions, and we need the international community to speak with one voice uh, because there are many initiatives from the American, from the German, and there are many invoices. And even in the region, Bashir also is going for forum shoving and dividing the regional countries. And there is uh, an official mediation under former president of South Africa, Tabo Mbiki. So what we need, we need the region, the, and Tabumbiki, the African and the European, the American, they should speak with one voice so as to stop the war and to have humanitarian interventions. That will allow the other process to take over, which is a political uh, uh, process. Uh, the other issue, uh, and, 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 and this also needs uh, the movement, the civil society movement here in Norway, actually to contribute to this call. And uh, that's why I'm glad we are here uh, tonight, because actually some of the big here and some what we are saying, it will go into social media, and many uh, Sudanese, especially young guys, uh, they they are going to uh, to know uh, what we did uh, here, and that there are uh, uh, voices that can speak and they can uh, send hope to Sudan. The other things about uh, what Dr. Sharif Harir uh, was saying, and it is good that Sharif Harir has two hats, 
I have only one heart in Sudanese heart. Yeah. He's a Norwegian. Uh, but uh, still, I can borrow from him. Uh, uh, what I would like to say is that I when I was actually surprised to know that uh, when I came to Norway, I was uh, concerned that there is an agreement between Sudan and Europe, especially with the Ital Italian and the German. But I found that the situation is a bit awkward that Norway alone has its own agreement from the Ministry of Justice, the Norwegian Ministry of Justice with the Sudan government, uh, trying to prevent immigration. And actually, uh, the issue of the immigration is a real issue to Europe, and we share the concern of Europe. But we believe the issue of the immigration is not going to be addressed by Bashir. Bashir is a cause of immigration. Uh, and he cannot possibly address the immigration issue. Why? Because Bashir, he displaced six to eight million Sudanese. The six and eight million Sudanese potentially they are immigrants. Potentially he ended, he uprooted them in Sudan. When he uprooted their link with the Sudanese society, they are looking for other places to go. They will look for Norway, they will look for the US, they will look for Australia, other places. So if the Norwegian and the European, they want to end the issue of immigration, they should help in ending wars in Africa and getting new agenda or partnership with Africa that will let the African societies uh, to form their own agenda that will allow the African citizen to live in Africa. Africa potentially is a rich continent, and the Africans, they can live there. They have not been coming to Norway anyhow. Why are they coming uh, at this time? In the 60s or 70s, it is only few people. Even uh, Dr. Sharif, I'm sure when he was coming to Norway, people are crying and people are very sad that he's going to a place he will never come back again uh, uh, by then. Uh, now, it become a dream. If you say that you can get a visa to Norway or you can go to Norway, people they will celebrate. They will say you are lucky because there is no hope in Africa that you are going to an advanced society, you will get this and that. So I'm, I'm really asking you that uh, we should reverse this policy in Europe. It is not Bashir who can prevent immigration to Europe. Bashir, if he has a real regard to Europe and he wants to cooperate with Europe, let him end war in Sudan. That's what will help Europe. And I want to give you a practical example that in Italy and uh, UK uh, and France, uh, uh, the statistic is saying in the last two years when Bashir started cooperating with Europe, the Sudanese who reach France and Italy and UK, they are bigger than any number before he starts cooperating. So he's cooperating to send immigrants, not uh, to stop the immigrants. Apart from the genocide and issues that raised by Dr. Sharif, so we, we really there is a need to, uh, to change this policy, and there is a need also uh, to say honestly, in Norway, uh, to care about the other societies because you cannot get stability, you cannot get anything here in your own land without also helping resolving issues in continent like Africa, which is very uh, near to Norway. Thank you. Can I have? One more round of questions. I have two people 
uh, <laughs> I have many people suddenly. <laughs> uh, at least for here and also so Halle. Uh, there are now quite a lot of people who want to ask questions. I, I would open for some of them if they are short. Which means that uh, those that talk, they are now uh, talking, they know now that there are other also have questions they would like to answer. We uh, said we were going to finish at 8. We had a little bit of technical problems, so I'm going to do a little bit of, go a little bit over, but I also would like to respect for those that uh, would like to hear the end comments. I also have one more question which I would like to put in. That might be the one that falls. So I think I start. Is it okay if I can start with Halle here because he sits here next to the microphone, and then we can take it over there. Well, I would like to make um, two comments. One on the role of culture, and I am probably one of the few in the audience who is old enough have been part of the Second World War in Norway. And for them, for my parents and all the others who fought the Octodon, culture was extremely important. We had to hide away when we were singing our national hymn so that the Germans and the Nazis didn't hear it. When, we were, when they were baptizing us in my brother number two, they wanted to baptize in Ula, which was the name of the trumpet, which was banned. So they agreed with the priest that his first name should be Talmud. But you, you will whisper Ula as his second name in case there is an agent in the church. So they whispered, Hariye Ula. <laughs> when good people in Norway wanted to sing the lives of others that they are part of the struggle. They put a small needle in there. We had to look closer. So this is a worldwide experience. We need culture in the struggle. Secondly, I think Yasser made a very, very important point when he says that what we should do is to contribute to stop washing up. What the present government, and in particular those responsible political and the Minister of Justice, is doing is really short-term, very dangerous policy. Because they do not embark on a policy of stopping wars in Africa. They embark on policies to help dictators keep it going. And do you think that can save Norway for Europe? Thank you. Just uh, for those of you that don't know, when uh, Yassir was talking about Norwegian that has helped save hundreds of thousands of uh, Sultanese, Halle was one of those most central. So, people know what it is. Uh, my question is, 
I have one question and uh, one comment. Uh, what is the, uh, the relevant action? The relevant action that uh, could be uh, possible to throw the region in Sudan as soon as possible. As we have seen the, uh, the crisis of Nigeria uh, on the ground and Luba Mountain, Brunei, and Sudan. So, what is the relevant action that uh, can be applicable to throw out the regime immediately uh, uh, from Sudan? Um, but my comment also is going to uh, how Sudan crisis has been handled uh, internationally. So whether it is the UN or uh, lobby from some countries within the long war that's in Africa. That has been ended in uh, 2005 uh, by the CPA, Sudan uh, Comprehensive Peace Agreement. So unfortunately, it has been resulted the association of the country. And also, as a part of that uh, agreement, is remained with the Nova Mountain uh, 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 agreement, or uh, protocol is called Nova Mountain uh, protocol, and also on uh, Brunei. So later on, that will have the second crisis in that group. So also, that what has been uh, passed through two peace agreements, which have failed to bring uh, peace in, uh, in that group. And, uh, for all these situations, we don't see the serious action uh, to solve the region by the force of the international community. So uh, also the question becomes itself, what is the real role of the international community uh, is taken to step down the regime in Sudan? If you see the Libyan crisis, how far Qatar has been uh, thrown out, the regime of Qatar. So only uh, 100 uh, example civilian has been uh, killed in, uh, in Eastern Libya, if I remember. But Bashir has been uh, uh, killed more than uh, 2 million in South Sudan, and uh, also like uh, 400 uh, uh, civilians have been uh, genocide in Darfur. And still Bashir is in the, uh, uh, remaining in the, in the power. And have so some uh, relations with other countries in terms of diplomatic relations. So there is no any so more action on Bashir to, to be out from the power to save the humanitarian situation or to save the life. At least that is very important and the point that has been addressed in the declaration of human rights. So to save the life, life it is an important issue. So that has been violated by Bashir now. Every day we receive. Or we see on the ground people have been died because of uh, of uh, free bombing or by the, uh, the, the by the disease anyhow. So what uh, the real action of international community is to change the Bashir regime? So for the today, thank you. Uh, one more, uh, then yes, you. Yeah, this one more, and then, sorry, I have to ask you to give a Thank you. Uh, my name is Khalid. I'm from uh, Nuba Mountain in the same area. Uh, my okay. Uh, my question, uh, I'm born uh, in the same day when the Al-Bashir ruling the government in Sudan. 
But uh, my uh, question to Comrade Yatwaman about now there is uh, many movements in Sudan. That's in Darfur, SDLM in uh, Nuba Mountain. But uh, what I want to know about what the vision of all the movement in Sudan if they are leading the country in future. Thank you. Would you like to answer? Well, uh, thank you very much uh, for all this contribution. For Allah, I really have nothing to say. Only I want to thank him for his dedications. And he has been there during the war in South Sudan. And also the war that engulfed the two areas. And he did a great job. Uh, and he left, he left his uh, fingerprint uh, in saving many lives uh, during the Ferris uh, War and we are grateful to him and to many of his colleagues, uh, very intelligent, good Norwegian. Uh, they decided to leave their beautiful country and to help uh, in our country and other uh, places. Uh, for uh, Sadiq and Noor and others, well, first of all, I'm encouraged that uh, the Norwegian envoy is here, and I'm encouraged also Fritjof uh, is here, and others from the Foreign Affairs, and actually, I'm encouraged that they have been all uh, the time uh, together with the civil society, and they have been listening, and they have, keen, uh, they have been keen to, to listen to us and to our message. They have never been in their offices, uh, they were with us here, and this also, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy uh, to have them and for them to interact and to listen. And I had a good meeting uh, with them, and uh, we are looking forward uh, that having a new envoy in Norway, that uh, Norway should listen with two years when it comes to Sudan, because we do not want uh, Norway to listen only to the Sudan government. Uh, Norway has two years. They can listen with their right ears or left ears as their choice to the Sudan government. They provide that they give us the other year. So that balances the situation. And this uh, for us is, uh, is, is assuring their presence and uh, as uh, we are coming from the opposition that they don't deal only with the government, they deal with everybody. And uh, this is fine uh, with us. And uh, um, we are also encouraged that, uh, especially in this visit, when I came, I found there is a, a new momentum in the Norwegian civil society. And I was I'm encouraged more to this evening because I have seen new faces and young guys they have never seen before. Uh, that means uh, something is going, uh, a message is going to get out from this uh, country. Uh, for uh, solidarity, peace, democracy uh, in Sudan, which, which we appreciate, which uh, it gives us hope. For what uh, Sadiq uh, is saying, uh, what do we can do as the opposition? I say the opposition, they have only things to do, that they should be united. And uh, we are going on the 15th uh, in this month to Paris. We are meeting the whole of the opposition group 
and we came at the background that we have a civil disobedience in Sudan initiated by youth women students on the 27th of last November and 19th of December. That civil disobedience uh, left uh, a big mark on the Sudanese political life. And uh, there is a new momentum. And uh, Bashir got the message that there is, there is a new movement inside Sudan. This new movement inside Sudan, plus Bashir that the economy is bad. And Bashir took the Sudanese army and militias fighting in the war of Yemen. Yemenis are very poor like us. We don't like this war. Uh, Yemenis, uh, they have their own issues of nation building and we should not possible as Sudanese to fight in Yemen. Uh, so now we think there is a new movement inside Sudan. The opposition should unite. The, what, do the, what do the international community can do for us? Uh, actually, we don't want them to bring army or arsenal or to, to they are the one to act on behalf of us. We want the international community to respect our will for change. There is no peace process that is going to be successful unless it's a, it's a process for change. Any process for the status quo and keeping Bashir is not going to, uh, to work. Uh, so therefore, we will ask the Norwegian peoples and the Norwegian government and the envoy who is here that to support uh, the call for change in Sudan. And it is us to unite and to take Bashir out of power or to change our country. Bashir, uh, I can say, left with two options. Either he changed or he's going to be changed. There is no other option. Thank you. <laughs> Can then remind everybody that the uh, organization that are organizing this night, Fellows of Africa, Norsk Folkjärn, and the Sudan, are all the membership organizations. It's possible to join, it's possible to lend a hand. In addition, we also would like, of course, to thank the Human Rights Human Wrong, which is a great festival which we'll talk about. But uh, just one final question. I, I'm sorry to those now that wasn't able to ask questions. This is, this is what happens when so many people are interested in a subject. Just one thing, and many of my friends in uh, Sudan, they tell me that they can hear the difference from when an Antonov flies over and when it opens the back hatch, because they know that's when the bomb comes up. And they know that, say, they say, because they started very early. They started at a young age to learn the difference. And the war in Nuba Mountains and Blue Nile has now gone on for almost six years. The war in Darfur started in 2003. So my final question, and you touched a little bit upon it. Is there a reason now to be optimistic? And why should we be optimistic? What can now bring change? Thank you. Thank you very much. Actually, uh, this is a great evening. And I thank you again, thank all the organizers and the Sudan Forum who has been hosting us all through and gave us uh, very valuable uh, uh, forums and to meet people to talk in Norway. We are glad we cannot even get this forum in our own country uh, and we are grateful to you all and especially those who uh, come to listen to us and I'm sure you have a lot of other commitment. Uh, what I would like uh, to say 
we should always, we have, by our nature, as a freedom fighters, as human beings, we are optimistic. Because if we are not optimistic, then what are we doing and what are we expecting? We have no any way unless to be optimistic. And that's why in this film, everybody is optimistic. People who are being hit hard by the Antonov, and uh, uh, they, they are still singing. Uh, singing is part of optimism, using their culture, using their values uh, to respond to this hard situation. Uh, when, when, we, when you face hard situation, you actually remember your culture, you remember your dad, your mom, what they have been telling you when you are very small, so that to, uh, to, 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 to face the critical situation you are in. So we are optimistic, and we are optimistic not just uh, uh, for the sake of optimism. Because first of all, those brave people, men and women you saw, they, they are resilient people. Bashir have, have a lot of resources, much, 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 much bigger than uh, them. But despite that, they are using the stone, they are using the mountain, they are using uh, everything to stick to their uh, culture, to their identity, to pay a lot of uh, sacrifices. And, and actually, uh, the guy who did this film, uh, Husham Hajjud, who is a Sudanese who was in Canada, he left Canada and he decided to stay with us in the liberated areas. He's in Kauda now, and he's actually not from the Nuba Mountain, he's from central uh, Sudan. But and, and the lady who are with him, uh, she was uh, interviewing some of uh, uh, those who are here, she, she's his wife. They came together, his wife was staying in New York. She left New York and then she, she decided uh, to come. They are from different places from Sudan, but they came because they want to demonstrate as youth that they can have a solidarity also and they can be their own share. So those things also gave us uh, optimism. Uh, I believe uh, that our people are fighting. They want uh, their democracy. Actually, Bashir in 2013, that uh, is the last thing I want to say, he killed 200 students. 200 students in the street of Khartoum, in the capital. Not in Zinuba Mountain, not in everywhere. So Sudanese are determined uh, to get their freedom and to open a new chapter and to have a beautiful country. And we come here to Norway only to visit you and to make trade with you and to cooperate with you and to make the world better than we found it. Thank you. Yazid, you have to stand up. <laughs> I have a um, book here in my hands written by a long-time friend, Philip Johnson with a signature inside it. It's called So Sudan, The Untold Story. But we both know that this is not only the story about So Sudan, but it's the story of the whole of Sudan. And um, it clearly demonstrates the link between the two, no, two different countries. So thank you so much for your contribution to this audience. And um, we can only go with you in our thinking and our fighting with you as long as we need to. Please.
your wife. See, you will have to, you'll have to thank you and get you a cup. <laughs> and thank you so much for everybody.